listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite our listeners to join us in our conversations to listen in and hopefully gain some insight, wisdom, maybe even some courage, some inspiration to have these conversations with your own kids. On today's program, we're talking about suffering and tragedy and making sense of it uh, and how we can make sense of it and find God in the midst of our pain. So here joining us today are two of our friends, from, well, various churches. Why don't you tell us your name and where you go to school? Let's keep it simple. I'm Kira, and I attend school at Bishop Hartley. I'm Cameron, and I also go to Bishop Hartley. See how simple that was? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And unfortunately, teenagers aren't immune to tragedy. And I'm sure that both of you, Cameron and Kira, have known tragedy either in your own family or among your friends or in your communities. So I just wanted you to give me some examples of things that you've lived through or witnessed or have had friends. Like what are examples of tragedy or suffering that teenagers have to live through? Um, I definitely think a huge problem and epidemic that we have right now is suicides suicides in our communities and that's really a um de- just devastating and are you talking specifically about teenage suicides or just in um, general definitely teenage suicides but you know it's you know um recently one of my dad's friends who he went to high school with committed suicide also so it is huge problem with teens but it's also you know you can't forget that there's adults who struggle with it as well and when you, when that happens, you see how it affects everybody. Yeah, you know, it's just even people. Effect. Yeah, even people who don't know the person who took his or her own life. It's devastating. Mm, just you know, trying to comprehend that your life is so bad that you've had to end it is just, you know, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Kira, what what do you want to talk about? I would say um, a big one that has been really relevant in my life is sickness, Um, more like chronic sickness, like cancer. Um, Both of my parents have uh, been diagnosed with cancer, um, and they've both, um, my father's completely fine now, my mother's in remission, so everything's been really great. But um, I think in the midst of that, there's this constant doubt in one's mind, um, really in just like surviving and like pulling through because after that things are really never the same in the way that your life works I guess you would say but um really just going through that tragedy and trying to pretend like everything's okay is um it's really difficult does it challenge you in your faith does suffering or tragedy challenge you in your faith absolutely I would just I think it's really hard to comprehend suffering sometimes. You know, I think we're constantly asking the question, you know, what did I do to deserve this? Um, But I think sometimes we have to take a step back and realize that um, 
we could be, he could really just be cleansing us of something that's really bad in our lives and just taking something away um, that we really don't need anymore and maybe just calling us to something so much greater. But I think suffering is so temporary, but I think we get so caught up in it sometimes that it seems like it's just taking over our world. That's a good point. Suffering is temporary um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Although there are people who seem to just have a lifetime of suffering, too. <laughs> and that's when sometimes it's hard, you know, to to stay faithful, to stay hopeful, you know, and you, and to not question God. Um, but, but what gives you hope? And so in those situations where you see someone suffering or you're suffering or someone you love is suffering, what, what gives you hope? What makes you not lose your faith? You know, I guess, um, just knowing that there is a better life after this, knowing that, you know, we're working towards the most joyful moment of our entire lives, you know, our, um, our time here on earth is just all for one great ending and um you know i'm talking about heaven and so um i think just you have to really stay focused and think that you know oh as horrible as this might be you know you will be loved and you will be you will have hope and you will have faith in heaven and that's just where that's where so many people i think fall off they don't think about the final solution you know they don't think about like the final time they don't think about what's coming they only think about the present I would say when we're suffering or in the face of adversity or anything like that, I think that's when we need our faith most because that's when we're struggling with ourselves the most. And I think um, that dependence on the Lord is sometimes what gets us through. And I think um, in suffering, we see beautiful things. We see sometimes um, with Cameron's example, you know, community coming together and really just celebrating the life of that person or um, in families when tragedy happens, that family coming together. And sometimes um, we see beautiful things blossom out of that, you know, better relationships um, with our family or our community. Um, but then again, like it is, suffering is very temporary, but I think that our dependence on the Lord is what we need most in that time. Doesn't that make you think, <clears throat> I mean, it just proves how much more crucial it is that we share the gospel you know, mm-hmm. with a world that is so bleak and people who have no hope. But look, at, I mean, look at you guys talking about <laughs> the good, the good that comes out of suffering. Talk about the promise of salvation, the promise. What do people do who don't have that perspective? They just suffer. They just hurt. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget Tony Dungy. He's a he's a he was the coach of the Colts for a while. And he's, I, I don't know if he does sports commentary now or where he is now, but he is just a beautiful, faithful Christian man. I, there need to be more men like Tony Dungy in the athletic world. But he had a son who committed suicide. And and I remember Tony Dungy saying, someone asking, knowing what you know about heaven, would you bring your son back if you could? And he said, No. I wouldn't. And it just touched me so deeply, you know, like heaven's good for me. I'm excited to get there, you know, but am I ready to let my children get there, you know? Um, But yeah, knowing what we know about heaven, why would we ever not want someone to be there? And I just thought it was such a beautiful witness, so profound. Um, But what what are some of the different ways people respond to tragedy? 
in your experience? What have you seen? Uh, there's, I think that there's a lot of negative feedback. You know, there's a lot of when nobody is left to blame, you know, when it's nobody's fault, because sometimes that's how it is. But when there's nobody's fault, I think that you ultimately turn to God and make it his fault. You know, mm-hmm. you blame him for something that was just not rational or anything that doesn't make sense. And it's, Or even sometimes when it is blatantly somebody else's fault, mm-hmm. we still find a way mm-hmm. to place the blame on yeah. God. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Kira. Could you repeat the question? Uh, what are the different ways people respond to tragedy? I would say um, I, you know, sometimes when I'm in the face of tragedy, I really remove myself um, from like the world, I guess you would say. I really become independent and just kind of um, desolate in that sense. And I kind of abandon my family and my friends um, and really just... But I think that's not a good thing because I end up just thinking more and more about it and it just gets deeper and deeper inside of me. And I think that a lot of people do that and it really just starts to cripple us. And I think that's a really hard one um, to deal with. And then we're making it 100% about ourselves right? rather than about looking at how we might reach out to other people who are also hurting. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to reach out to somebody who was suffering or somebody who was trying to make sense? Of tragedy? Yeah, I definitely would say that I have. You know, it's sometimes it's a little awkward because you don't know how far you should go. You know, you don't know if, um, like, what you're saying, you don't know how much comfort I'd say you should give to the person. You don't, you don't want to make it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we truly just abandon ourselves and just give ourselves fully to that person, you know, so for their salvation, for their, you know, renewal. That we don't have to worry about, you know, this social norm of, oh, is this too uncomfortable? But instead we'll be focused on, oh, you know, this is me abandoning myself to them for their own safety, Mm. you know, like for their own salvation. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think sometimes um, being there for someone doesn't always have to be very hands-on. I think just letting them know that you're always there for them um, can be just as helpful. Um, and I think that, yeah, I just think, um, sometimes we don't always need people just like pushing themselves upon us because I know when something very tragic happens, sometimes there's just people that flood in from all over and it's very overwhelming, but sometimes just knowing that people are there for you and are praying for you is so means so much more than, um, just people throwing things at you sometimes. I was going to ask you, Kira, specifically, um, when you were living through your parents' Mm -hmm. cancer, were there things that people did that were just profoundly helpful, things that stand out that oh, that you yeah. can share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a group of people um, just around the church and my parents' friends all got a schedule together and would bring dinner to us. Mm-hmm. Um, at, That's a big one. Yeah, yeah a lot we, of people do that. We need to that. eat every day. Yeah. We don't feel like cooking. Sometimes. Especially, yeah, yeah especially when um, treatment really... Uh, kind of cripples them and they really mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. Um, that's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just people constantly just, I never realized how many people really knew um, my family and knew what was going on until things like this happened. I never really realized how many people cared mm-hmm. um, about me and about my family and about everything that we were going through. And I think that thought just gave me so much hope mm-hmm. in that and just the little you didn't things. feel so alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that 
that we as Christians know and we accept that God allows suffering, right? He doesn't cause it. He doesn't smite us, <laughs> um, but he does allow suffering. But I'm wondering, how do we help this make sense to someone who's never experienced God's love? You know, we we can deal with God allowing suffering because we've experienced God's love. We mm-hmm. know God's love. It's been very tangible and very real to us. But for someone who hasn't recognized God's love, how do we help them make sense of the fact that God does allow suffering? Or do we? (laughs) (laughs) um, That's a really difficult question. I think that mainly, though, you know, how we can make sense, help others make sense of God's plan is just knowing that through suffering, we will find happiness. You know, like, through this pain, we'll understand that, you know, we need to place ourselves fully in him. We need to be with him. And it's going, and it will be extremely difficult, you know, trying, you know, when you're blaming God for something like this, and it's just, well, how could you let this happen? Of course, it's going to be horrible trying to understand that it must happen in order for us to grow in our faith. And I think that just by, um, like my favorite Bible verse is Philippians one twenty one, and it is, I would rather be in heaven with you, for that is far greater, but it is necessary for me to remain here. And I think that's really profound just because, you know, as a Christian and a Catholic, it's it's my duty to remain here to help others, you know, to not only evangelize, but also help them make sense of the things that are happening. And then in turn, you know, they can help others realize that, hey, you know, through this pain and this suffering we felt, I've grown closer to God and that, you know, or that through all these hardships I've had, I've come to understand that God loves me so much. And it, it's definitely an extremely difficult process, I think. But we can all point to examples of exactly what you're talking yes. about. Mm-hmm. You know, joy that comes from tragedy, um, goodness that comes from suffering. It, mm-hmm. it, it's almost never otherwise. <laughs> right. um, easy for me to say if it's not my suffering, right? If it's yeah. not my tragedy, too. So there's mm-hmm. always that element of compassion that we have to have, recognizing mm-hmm. some things are easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Do you think perspective, this is a, such a loaded question, but perspective on suffering is different for someone who believes in Jesus than it is for someone who doesn't? Absolutely. Um, I think, although I think there's a similarity because I think when someone is going through extreme suffering, I sometimes think they just need to take a step, not need to, but I think they take a step away from their faith sometimes and really just wonder why mm-hmm. and really end up blaming the Lord. Um for the things that have gone wrong or the things that they've been faced with. And I think people who don't have um, the same faith will just end up with the same anger as we do. But I think the difference is that when we get past the suffering, we realize the hope and the joy and realize that the Lord was there with us all along. And maybe he was so close to us that we couldn't even feel him. And I think that there's just a sense of hope in suffering that one has when you're in a relationship with God than when you're not. Mm -hmm. Right. When you're in a relationship with God, you can uh, take heart (laughs) and know that it won't stay this way or something good will come of this or you're not alone. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of uh, 
the pain of suffering is the loneliness of it. You know, the feeling like nobody understands. I'm going through this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't necessarily feel that way mm-hmm. if we're in relationship with the Lord. Um, you know, we talked a lot about, we've talked a lot about how people are, people will blame God for bad things that happen. And um, so, so people often blame God for bad things that happen. People don't believe in God because bad things happen, right? Yeah. But are people as willing to give God credit for good things, you know, for beauty in our world or believe in God because there's so much beauty in our world? Are we, do we tend more to go the other way? Um, I definitely think that it, it's all based on how much time you've spent with God. You know, I think that in the very, I mean, I know for me at least in the very beginning, I really was not recognizing God in my everyday life. And then as I've strengthened my beliefs, I've noticed, you know, you know, thank you, God, for this amazing sunrise, you know, this beautiful wind that's, you know, that we're experiencing. And you really learn to, I guess, just realize everything that he has in the world. But I, I do think that it has to come with, um, you know, experience with the Lord and like experiencing him in your life and that it's sort of um, you build up this supply maybe <laughs> hmm, you build yeah. up like um just this notion that oh everything is from him and that by thanking him you know i'm not be- it's no longer just about me can you do you know how you got to that point cameron how you went from not recognizing god in all things to to having sort of that reserve of of <laughs> praise and thanksgiving and um i i definitely just think that it came through experiencing god in my life you know in the ups and the downs, it's usually when, as you know, like as cliche as it may seem, as when I'm in pain or when things are bad, that's when I turn to God the most. And then so by doing that, I gradually came to say, you know, oh, well, things are going okay right now. And then I would turn to God and say, thank you for this. And then when things are amazing, and so it's sort of like you have to start from the bottom and you had to work your way towards this, you know, um, continuous praise. Were there people who brought you along in that journey? or experiences or yeah i mean i think i think that there was there was a lot of people you know there's quite a few experiences as well and it's just all of the, the all of um it combined was what really but you had to there. stay faithful to that journey and, and stick with it sometimes i wasn't you mm-hmm. know as yeah. i'm you know i i'm human i make mistakes i have flaws and sometimes i wasn't faithful with god and then i could feel myself just slip away mm-hmm. and just fall back down to where I was before and then I would have to gradually work my way back up and it's definitely you know it's it's definitely a process but the reward of just praising God in your everyday life is phenomenal and I think that's such a gift to have an intimate relationship with the Lord in the good times because then in the bad times or then when we falter then when we fall away or then we we know what we're missing right we know what we're longing for um, and there's such wisdom in tending to our relationship always, you know, not just when things are bad, but sometimes when things are great, we forget that we need yeah. God too. Mm-hmm. So, um, is there more beauty and goodness in the world or is there more suffering and sadness in the world? 
Um, I think it really depends on the person looking at you. Know, there will always be people who. No, no, just subjectively. Like, oh. okay, not, not. What do you? I don't know if you. I don't even know if this is possible to do this objectively. But <laughs> if you took away people's experiences, people's biases, do you think? Is there more beauty and goodness or is there more suffering and tragedy? I might just be, I don't know, being girly or whatever, but I think (laughs) there is definitely more beauty um, in the world, but not just um, in the big things, but in the little things and the whispers from the Lord that you can hear every day. Um, It doesn't have to be majestic mountains. It can be something so simple. just like the littlest things. Um, I just remember um, someone telling me that they kept a little journal that they had um, just to write down every single thing that when they thought of and they were thankful for, they wrote it down. Eucharisteo. Yeah, the word Eucharisteo. She had her Eucharisteo book. Um, and when I started... You're clearly talking about Megan Bob. You're talking about <laughs> Megan Bob, yes. And so... Um, I don't think she'd mind if we name her. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, But when I started that, that's when I really started to realize all the little beautiful things um, that are in our world. And I think when we take on that perspective, we just see so much more beauty that is offered to us um, just in the littlest things. It's so amazing just to think about. Um, But I think um, someone may have the opposite perspective because I feel like suffering kind of envelops us in some ways. Um, while beauty um, in the world, it envelops us too, but I feel like suffering um, is very draining sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I could see, how some, yeah, I could see how someone could see it the other way. But I just, the beauty in the world is so relevant when you just take a step back and look. What do you think, Cameron? Objectively, more yeah. beauty or more suffering? <laughs> um, you know, I'm going, I'm, I don't know if this is the correct perspective, but I'm thinking of just, as if you were blind and you just immediately came into the world. And I'm definitely going to say beauty. You okay. know, you're going to look around and you're just going to see all these amazing things. And it's just going to be so wonderful and so awe-inspiring that there's no contest that beauty would win out. And But then I think once you add in you know, people's own agendas and experiences, and like that, yeah, and- it's definitely going to impact the way that uh, we view the world. If everybody could keep a blessings journal or a thankfulness mm-hmm. journal, I, w- I just I wonder. I wonder if it would change people's perspective. I think the reason I started that one day was because someone else had told me they were like, just imagine if you woke up one day and the only things that were left on the earth were the things that you told the Lord that you were thankful for the night before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then that really got me thinking. And I was like, wow. Then you have to like stay awake every night. Yeah. making sure <laughs> Forget anything. Yeah. But just um, just realizing the little things um, is really what um, keeps the beauty um, and the inspiration in our lives, I think. And Carrie, you you talked about this, just how suffering envelops us, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that the reason that so many people would say that there's more pain in the world than there is goodness or beauty or peace is because it does make more of an impact on us than joy does. For some reason, joy can be more fleet. Not not actually true joy is not fleeting, uh, but happiness can be more fleeting. You know, pleasure can be more fleeting. Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas pain, suffering, tragedy just sticks with us. Doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. Um, So, 
so I guess we all have a choice, right? We can either go through a tragic event or a painful situation with God. We can go through a tragic event or painful situation without God. And it's, I think it's our role. I think it's our job to help people recognize that, you know, and recognize which is the better choice and which ends more beautifully. Yeah, I mean, it. it's really no contest when you think about would Would you rather go through something alone hurting you know and just depressed or would you rather go through that same event but with somebody by your side somebody saying it's going to be okay you know somebody there for you and i think nine times out of ten at least maybe ten hopefully ten times (laughs) out of ten people are going to choose the latter option you know yeah what about for you guys what uh what in this world or what not in this world counteracts the suffering and the tragedy heaven <laughs> you know the, yeah the realization the promise the promise mm-hmm. that you know you're going to be saved you're going to be loved you're going to be needed you're going to be everything you've ever wanted to be and then that's all that and more and just that that keeps me going yeah the hope in heaven is the fire that keeps us going that keeps us warm mm-hmm. through this temporary stage that and also realizing that you know it's just like that Bible verse, you know, it's our job to be here. You know, we are needed. We would not be here if it was not for some purpose. And so by everybody doing their little part, you know, we will fulfill that necessity of being here on earth, which is, like Kira said, temporary. Well, Cameron and Kira, as always, you offer such wisdom and such insight, such (laughs) maturity. So thank you so much for joining us again today. I thought it would be so appropriate. Uh, You know, in the last few chapters in the book of Job, God reminds Job, look, I am huge (laughs) and you are very small. And, you know, no one has ever suffered in history more than Job did. But God reminds Job that Job can't even begin to understand how God works. Don't don't even try because you can't understand. You know, I suggest everyone who's trying to make sense of suffering, read those last three or four chapters of the book of Job. Um. But for day, today, for our prayer, I think we're going to close with Job's response to God. I think it's a really appropriate prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be hindered. I have dealt with great things that I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I cannot know. I had heard of you by word of mouth, but now my eye has seen you. Therefore, I disown what I have said, and I repent in dust and ashes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni Sancti.